0: Welcome to Thousand Hills. We'd like to thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you enjoy this message and we hope that it speaks blessings in your life. Today, we're going to start a series and here's the thing. You may be thinking, well, why did uh sing that song, I swear? Well, it's a love song, right? And this month is one of our favorite times of the year because we get the, the privilege of talking about God's design for marriage, dating, sex, and more. And so you say, well, why do you teach this? Well, the goal is this. We we teach this so that we can help other people build strong, godly relationships. I mean, that's the goal, right? I mean, so many people out there are failing in relationships, and we have a lot of the answers, if not all the answers, in God's Word and in Christ. And so you say, well, why do you teach on this every year? Well, people need to hear it. I need to hear it. Heather and I need to hear it. It usually brings up a fight in our relationship every time we teach this. I, don't, I want you guys to know that. So we always have to apologize before we get up here because the devil attacks us, right, before we get up here. Because he doesn't want us teaching on this. And so that's how we know we're doing something right. Amen. You with me? Because here's the deal. I mean, again, the devil doesn't want you to succeed in your relationships. But here's the thing. Everything that God has created, he wants you to succeed at. Everything. And that includes relationships. And so we're going to teach this. And you say, you know, why? Well, we believe these things. Other than your decision to follow Jesus, who you marry, I believe, is the second most important decision that you make in life. Anybody agree with that? Would you agree with that? Would you raise your hand? I agree. I I think it's so true because, again, that's somebody that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Now, some of you, obviously, through through the loss of a loved one or your spouse, now you're on your second marriage, and God has blessed you even twice, right? Maybe. And so maybe you've gotten to choose two, (laughs) or God's chosen two for you, and that's a blessing. And, And so, again, so we believe that other than your relationship with Jesus Christ, who you marry, is the second most important decision that you make in life. Here's the other thing we believe that dating can work well. It can. A lot of people have had horrible dating relationships, they've had horrible heartbreak and all this other stuff. Listen, I believe that it can work well. Here's the key we have to include God. <laughs> so many people are like, I'm just trying to do this on my own. I can't make this work. I can't. You can't. If it's God's will, then again, it may not always be easy, but it's going to be worth it and it's going to be enjoyable. And so we believe that dating can work well. We also believe that sex is a gift from God for our enjoyment and His glory. Now, again, yeah, yeah. I mean, all the women got excited about that. What's up, dude? That's awesome. Well, it is. It's a gift from God. So we believe it's a a gift from God and for our enjoyment and for His glory. Again, He created it. It wasn't some porn star back in, you know, the day that created sex. God created it. It is a holy thing, and it should be done in a holy and a hot way. Amen? Amen. Thank you. For God's glory in marriage. Follow that all up with that. Um, Here's the other thing. I believe that you can save sex, the gift of sex for marriage. I believe it. You know how I know it? Because God allowed us by the grace of God for us to be able to save sex as a gift for each other. And you say, well, you little goody two boots. I mean, aren't you cute? Well, again, it's something that I'm proud of. And it's something that I believe everybody can save that gift if they'll give it to God and allow God to, you know, shine his grace on them. Amen. That's an awesome thing. And and again, so we believe that. Here's what else we believe. We believe that with Christ, you have a 100% chance at succeeding in marriage. 100%. A lot of people they approach marriage and relationships. Oh, I don't know if this is going to work. I, you know, I don't know if this can work. I don't know, if, you know, if we can get through this. I don't know if this is going to happen. Well, again, if you live in accordance to Christ's, you know, principles and his, and his word, listen, you have a 100% chance of succeeding in marriage. And so here's our commitment to you. We are going to be real and we are going to be authentic. We're going to share with you some real things, some practical things that you need to apply to your relationships. And we're going to be authentic. But here's the other side of it. We are going to be biblical. Again, you can go to all the, you know, Dr. Phil and whoever else, Oprah. You can go to all those places and find pretty, you know, touchy-feely, goody-goody stuff. That, I mean, some of their counseling is really, really helpful. But at the end of the day, if you don't have Christ as your foundation, none of that stuff works. Are you with me? Can I get an amen on that? I mean, seriously. I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, it's a commitment to the Lord that kept that keeps us together. Um, all the other good stuff is good, but at the end of the day, that's that should be our foundation. So we're gonna we're gonna preach uh, biblical truth, not just good feelings, not just good advice. Okay, biblical truth. And here's the last thing: we're gonna preach it with grace. Because here's the deal: a lot of people are broken. A lot of people like us have failed in certain areas of our of our relationships. And so we're going to pre- we're going to preach truth, but we're going to couple it and, and embrace it and cover it with grace because everybody needs grace. And so here's the thing. None of our relationships are perfect. Heather and I's relationship, you say, why do you get to stand up here? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Because here's the thing. None of us are perfect. I actually, I do know it's by the grace of God. And he wants us to be up here so that we can share what we failed at so that you can learn from our mistakes and what we've succeeded at so that you can learn from our successes. And so again, none of us are perfect. All of us have areas in our relationships that we need to change, but praise God with Christ, we can change our relationships. And so here's the cool thing today. We're going to start a three week series Entitled "Riding Double," "Riding Double." Now, I don't know if you've had a good experience riding double, but my wife and I have.
1: Yeah, I'm going to share our story. Interesting enough, on our engagement night, we we rode double. So I'll tell you that story. Some of you guys maybe have heard it. Some of you may not have. But. Um, after I graduated college, I went on an eight-week uh, mission trip to Thailand, and I, as I was gone, obviously, Bo and I were dating, and, but little did I know that he was using those eight weeks to, to prepare and, uh, to, for our engagement, and so that was a complete shock to me. But when I got back, he had made this deal with some of his friends in Laverne and had promised them that he wouldn't propose to me until they met me and got you know, the stamp of approval or whatever from them. Yeah. So, which, knowing these friends, if any of you know the Bentleys, their stamp of approval, I don't know. Yeah. All of them. Yeah, I don't Mickey, think I don't maybe. think
0: Mickey, my friend, Mickey Bentley, brushes his teeth. So, so I, I don't the think. The expectations it, it, might
1: not have been real high, I'm yeah, not sure. I think
0: he has a little mange from coyote hunting, too. I don't know. Maybe a little lice. So, it was pretty high, <laughs> pretty high. pretty high on the totem
1: pole. So while I was gone, Bo had prepared all this for me. Uh, He was living in Ada. We had lived in Ada at the time. And so that was quite a a drive for him to go to Laverne and and get all that prepared. I remember, um, you know, it was like a 12 hour time change. So when it was two o'clock in the morning for me, it was two o'clock in the afternoon for Bo. And I remember um, it was probably a week or so before I was going to head back home and I was trying to change, you know, and get used back used to American time and everything. So at two o'clock in the morning, I was, you know, trying to stay up a little bit. And so I called him and he was really awkward on the phone. I was like, why does he sound so weird? Like, this is odd. Well, I guess I called him right when he was going to Laverne to meet uh, up with his friends and get everything, you know, prepared. But anyways, uh, we went to Laverne after I had gotten back and, and met his friends and everything. They have a creek, and we were just kind of hanging out there. We were going to cook out, uh, you know, sleep in tents, just kind of have a, a fun time. And Bo was going to go horseback riding. He said, hey, Heather, do you want to come ride? And I was like, nah. You know, I was, I was visiting with some of the girls and just kind of having fun. And I was like, no, that's okay. Go ahead. And they were like, no, go with him. Go ride with him. And I was like, okay. So I got on his horse, and we rode double.
0: Yes, and, we did.
1: <laughs> and I was kind of like uh, – You know, in my mind, I was thinking, this is the guy that I'm going to marry. I knew that he was probably the one. But I wasn't really sure where Bo, you know, was in our relationship. And so I remember... I was sitting behind him, and I started filling of his pockets. I was like, I "Wonder if he could he be thinking <laughs> anything, you know?" Yeah. Well, I didn't feel a ring or anything, so I thought, "No, it's just in my imagination. I'm dreaming." And so, anyways, we um, walked up, and he had me. We were gonna get off the horse, and he had me close my eyes, and we walked up this little hill to the top of Gobbler's Knob.
0: Gobbler's Knob. It was the beautiful, <laughs> Laverne, Oklahoma.
1: And he had me open my eyes, and there he had a blanket set up, and he had a, a you know, picnic kind of type setting. Um, he had his guitar, some candles, and all this stuff, and I was like, wow, okay. And so we sit down, and he sings me a song for the first time. He had uh, never sung to me before, and he, he sang a song, and, and then he started reading out of this Bible, and I don't know if some of you guys don't remember this, too, but as he's reading the Bible, like, he's, you know, reading it, and I'm sitting on the other side, so I see the face of the Bible. And on the cover, I see, and it says, Bo and Heather Haig, And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And so, and he doesn't know that I see this. But anyways, he's reading, and he read some verses to me or whatever, and then he proposed right there. And How so, did I
0: propose? Can you tell him that? Do you remember that? I really don't remember. You don't remember? <laughs>
1: It was very much a fog to me. So I
0: read her some verses out of the Bible, and I'm reading the Bible, and like she said, she can see the cover, and then I turned and I said, I want us to share the same last name. Will you marry me? And you know that little ribbon in in most Bibles that you can separate, you can hold your place? On the ribbon, I had tied the ring. I do remember that. And so when I turned the Bible around, the ring was tied to that little strip of ribbon right there, and that's when I asked her.
1: Yep. Wasn't that good? Yeah.
0: Top that guys, top it.
1: Good and luck. Then, and then we had brownies and his friend had made some homemade ice cream for us. And then mosquitoes swarmed us and then it got real miserable real fast. So we had yeah. to, we had to leave. So anyways, uh, it was a great great night. So riding double holds, holds a special place in our heart.
0: It does. It really does. We didn't get bucked off. It wasn't a wreck. Nobody broke their arms. So that was a good time, right? And so you say, well, what's the point? Well, you and you may be asking, well, so what is God's design? If you're if you're talking about riding double, what's God's design and what is his plan for us to be able to ride double together? Well, here's the thing. To kick off the series, I want to talk about. Some of the changing views of marriage in our world today. I want to talk about this just for a second because there has been an attack on marriage. I don't know if you noticed that. People in government, people all around the world that are trying to redefine what marriage is, right? There are just kind of negative views of marriage. I've talked to a lot of young adults. I read a lot about young adults. I want to study them because we're trying to reach the next generation. But here's the thing. For many young adults, just the mention of marriage puts a bad taste in their mouth. You say, well, why would they do that? Why, I mean, what's the deal there? Well, here's, here's what I've learned. In, instead of marriage being the culmination and the celebration of a great dating relationship, guess what? A lot of young people, not all young people, a lot of young people, they view marriage as, as something that needs to be avoided as long as possible. Because it's almost like a burden. It's, it's almost like something that complicates things rather than is a celebration of their union together. Now, again, I don't know if you notice all this stuff, but it's real. And these are the, the next generation that's coming up. And so here's what I've learned about these views. These views come out of a negative experience that someone has had, and therefore they're fearful of marriage. That's where it comes. And you, you say, well, what kind of negative experience? Well, a lot of people nowadays especially come from parents that were divorced. I mean, they, they grew up together. The kids, you know, grew up. And then all of a sudden, they're 40, 50 years old. The kids are out, and they get divorced after 30 or 40 years of marriage. And so these people, these these young people, they, they view marriage as painful. They view marriage as not committed. Um, some, some other examples is, you know, maybe somebody uh, dated somebody for a long time and they had feelings for them, but that person broke up with them and crushed them emotionally. Maybe you're the one who got divorced and you have this negative view of marriage from that point on because you have maybe that pain in your heart that, that, that is still there. Maybe a, a person that you love cheated on you and left you. And you think, well, I don't want to deal with that ever again, so I'm just going to avoid it, and it's just not going to be on my radar. Well, all of us, you know, have experienced some pain in our relationships. All of us have. And so here's the thing. At Thousand Hills, we want to be a, a church that is a part of the healing of those hearts. Are you with me? Come on now. We want to be a part of the healing of those broken hearts. We want people to be brought back to having confidence in the Lord and His perfect will for their lives. Again, so many people have lost hope. They've lost sight of what God wants for them. They've lost sight of it all. And they just view, you know, relationships as something that are painful and and not worth, uh, you know, even trying. And so at Thousand Hills, we're going to commit to helping heal those relationships and heal those, those, those people's hearts. You say, well, what, what do we use to do that? Well, I believe that we should use the greatest power that we have to heal and to kill those wrong views. And you know what that power is? God's word. It's God's word. Um, I don't know if you read the Bible very much, but if you have pain in your life, guess what? If you'll read the Bible, it will heal your pain. I don't know if you have wrong thoughts or bad thoughts or sinful thoughts in your mind. But guess what? If you will read the Bible, the Bible, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will kill those wrong thoughts. Are you with me? And so you say, well, what does all that mean? Well, there's a verse that I want to touch on in Romans 12, and it's this. Romans 12, 2, I want you to read it, or you, you read the underlined words with me. It says this. It says, do not, What? Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His what? Good Good and pleasing pleasing and Perfect. perfect will. Let me read it again. You don't have to read it with me. Let me read it again. I want it to sink in. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, His pleasing, and His perfect will. Now listen, some of you are here today and you need to be transformed. Again, maybe you got a good marriage, but you need to transform some of the things in your marriage to make it a great marriage. Right, but you say, "Well, okay. How do I do that? how do How do I change my view of my relationship that I'm in? Maybe my marriage, dating relationship. Maybe I'm single. How do I change my views? Well, here's the thing. The first thing that we learn in this verse is we have to stop conforming to the patterns of the world. I mean, if you look at the world, you know, the word conform means we act just like that, right? We act just like that. But if we're going to honor God, if we're going to have relationships that are healthy, then we must stop viewing the relationships that we're in through the lens of the world. Does that make sense? And so you've got to change the way you look at things. It, maybe you have, again, a past and, and relationships have been horrible for you. You've got to stop viewing your future through the lens of the world, and you've got to start viewing it through the lens of God. Amen? That's a good thing. Uh, You got to stop viewing it through your failures, through maybe your parents' failures. Maybe, you know, you got to stop accepting the world's standards and and just, you know, staying subpar with the world and start rising above and saying, I'm going to live my life. I'm going to do relationships. I'm going to get married in a God honoring way because it's his standard that I want to live by. And so you got to stop conforming to the patterns of the world and we must allow God to transform our mind. You say, what does transform mean? Well, it means that we completely change. My mind's completely changed. Um, I'll give you an example of this. We we have to allow God to transform the way we think. We transform the way we think about the opposite sex. We transform the, the way we think about dating. We transform the expectations that we have for our spouse. And therefore, our marriages are transformed. Now, here's the thing. Some of you need that transformation because some of you have a wrong view of relationships. And so maybe you're young and you don't know how to honor God in your relationships. Maybe you, again, you've been hurt or let down. Can I just give you some, uh, some great, um, some great news. There's hope in Christ. There's hope for you in Christ there's hope for your relationships in Christ. And when we allow him to transform our minds and when our minds are renewed, guess what? We are able to know his perfect will. You say, I'm looking for a spouse. How do I find it? Allow him to transform your mind. And then he's going to show you his perfect will. I mean, Romans 12 two, the second part, it says, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. And so listen, it, maybe you're thinking, well, I just got to get out there. I got to get on, you know, d- you know, what, eHarmony. <laughs> that would be cool. Some of you, how many of you guys have met online? How many of you guys any, met your spouse online or your girlfriend, boyfriend? Nobody? Good. Well, you guys did? You guys did. You guys did. See? That's awesome. God, you think, well, no, that's stupid, man. Why would people get online? That's dumb. Is God limited by anything in this world? <laughs> That's all I got to say about it. I mean, so seriously, so you can know his perfect will. So today, again, we're going to we're going to wrap this uh, lesson up today with three points and we're going to roll through them real quick. But we want to teach you some truths that I believe are going to transform your mind and your relationships.
1: Yes. And I mean, I feel like we could even just stop there. That was so good But to be transformed by Christ. Number one is this. And I'm. I mean, all these points are great today, but to me, this one, if you can get a hold of this, it will change your life. But number one, riding double is better when you're experienced at riding individually. So number one, riding double is better when you're experienced at riding individually. You know, an example of this is if you've never ridden a horse, you might not enjoy riding double because you might be kind of anxious, kind of scared, not really sure what to expect. Um, and you might not know, and I know Bo would always tell me this, you know, watch your legs, don't put them in the flank of the horse because the horse might buck or whatever. Yeah, so I, want, I was trying I to want like to get relax off. my legs, not, you know, hold on <laughs> like this. So it's just kind of, you know, it can be kind of uncomfortable if you're not experienced at riding individually. But if you've ridden a horse or you've grown up riding a horse, you're experienced with that, then riding double kind of probably is going to go a little bit sm- more smoothly. And um, But spiritually speaking, if I have a relationship with Christ and I'm riding for him personally, then I'm going to be better when I start writing double in relationships. And you might be saying, you know, well, okay, what does that look like? How, do, you know, how does writing for Christ personally really help me in my future relationships? Well, listen to this verse, Colossians 2.10. It says, so you also are, and I know it's not underlined, but what's that word? Complete through your union with Christ. So you are also complete through your union with Christ. I believe that the main way writing for Christ personally helps us is that we realize that only Christ can complete us. I think so many times we walk through life and we think, if I I was just married, if I just had that other person there, then I'd feel complete. That's a mistake, and it's going to set you up for a lot of disappointment. I think we have to realize that only Christ can meet our deepest needs. Only Christ can make us feel worthy, and when we realize that Christ completes us, we won't place those unrealistic expectations on our boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, um, whatever. We have to have a healthy view of relationships. How many of you have ever placed an unrealistic expectation on someone? Come on Yeah, now. everyone in this room. Come on now. now. So. You're a bunch of liars. <laughs> um, uh, and, and and I know, you know, I can just tell you, you know, before we got married, I knew in my head that only Christ could complete me. But I still had unrealistic expectations that Bo would, you know, meet my every need. You know, I expected him to know when I was disappointed without having to tell him. I You know, I expected when we first got married anyways for it to be this fairy tale and just to be wonderful all the time. Um, I expected us to never fight. I mean, let me tell you, our honeymoon, we fought. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my gosh, we're on our honeymoon, and we're fighting. Like, oh, my gosh, you know. (laughs) I had these unrealistic expectations and thought that that was so, you know, just not how it was supposed to be. Um, You know, I can't expect Bo to do what only Christ can do. When I'm stressed out, only Christ can calm me. When I'm, uh, you know, sick, only Christ can heal me. Sure, it's great to have a physical person there to help carry that burden and to walk through life with, but I can't expect Bo to do what only Christ can do. And again, um, and I was, you know, one of these people I... In high school, I had a boyfriend we dated all throughout high school um and, it, and then I had then we you know broke up because our relationship obviously wasn't what God intended for either of us, and I had to transform my mind and allow Christ to renew renew my mind and and I don't know I had this kind of weird it was like a curse but a blessing at the same time I don't know if it was just discernment or what, but I would you know go on some dates and like I knew immediately. This was not the person God had for me. I mean, it was just like this weird, like, I don't need a second date. That was, we're not, this isn't it. I mean, great guys. Great, you know, guys that um, were on staff at church, you know, who loved Jesus, who were awesome people. But I just knew that they weren't, you know, the person that was for me. So, um, I, you know, I when Bo and I met, I I mean, that is the night that we, after we went on our first kind of a group date, I guess you could say, I hit my knees that night. And I thought, okay, God you know, this is it. But then what got me was it didn't happen. It it didn't happen like I thought, you know, that it was, would. And so when we kind of first started today, I somewhat lived my life around Bo. You know, I would maybe not make plans just in case he would call. And I'm sure none of you ever did this, right? Um, I wouldn't want to go home. I was in college, you know, I wouldn't want to go home for the weekend just in case he decided he wanted to call and, you know, we were going to go out or whatever. And that set me up for a lot of disappointment.
0: And go get a banana split. She, yeah. was, she wanted my ice cream.
1: I just wanted someone to buy my she just, ice
0: cream. Yeah, we, she just wanted to share a banana split.
1: So it set me up for disappointment because if he didn't call, I was, you know, I was frustrated that I missed out on something you know, with my friends that I could have done or I, I was mad that I didn't go home to see my family. But when I turned our relationship over to God and I allowed him to be my joy and I allowed him to be you know, my fulfillment, I looked to Christ to fill that void that I had, you know, that longing that I had for a relationship – Then I was content. And you know what happened? Bo started to call. (laughs) You know, the point is God needed me to get to the point where I realized that only he was my true fulfillment, that I was, you know, complete in him whether I had a relationship here on this earth or not. And when I became healthy, um, you know, spiritually speaking, then that's when God, you know, blessed, blessed me with the relationship. And the great thing about that is when you have the right mindset and the right, um, you know, outlook on that, then writing double is so much better. It's like the icing on the cake because you're already content in Christ. You have all your needs met. You know um, that your joy comes from the Lord. Then you can have a healthy and realistic view of marriage and realize that it's not intended to complete us, but it's intended just for that companionship. So, again, writing double is so much better when you're experienced at writing individually.
0: Yeah, and I, I had that same experience. She, she obviously she knew that maybe we were going to get married. I didn't know at the beginning, and, um, and so we had to work through all that. But, but it took four years. I didn't date uh, one person for four years before I met Heather. Um, well, actually, there was one, one girl right before we met, but it was nothing. Like, I just totally knew as well. But, but at the end of the day... God had to bring me to the same position where I was complete in him and not, not looking for someone else to necessarily complete me. How many of you guys have seen Jerry Maguire? Anybody? <laughs> Jerry Maguire. Every time I say complete me, you complete me. <laughs> I see that picture. But anyway, so chasing rabbits. Sorry. But I had to come to that same realization that I am complete in Christ. And, and, and I remember in my life saying that out loud to the Lord in my prayers but not meaning it. I'm, I, if you want me to be single for the rest of my life, I'll do it. I remember saying that out loud, but not meaning it. And But I said it a thousand times. And finally, eventually, I, uh, something changed in me, and I was okay. If God wanted me to be single for the rest of my life, I was okay. And guess what? That's when I met Heather. So you think, well, and I need to be out there looking for relationships. I need to be out there doing my thing. I need to be making this happen. No, here's a lot of times. I, I believe that you should get out and you should not just be a hermit and stay in your room all day and expect people to, you know, find you. But at the end of the day, once you are right with Christ and you're writing individually with him in a personal relationship, that's typically when he says, okay, now you're ready to ride double. Mm-hmm. That's, this is, that's a great point. Great, great teaching right there. Number two is this. Riding double is a workout. <laughs> I don't know if you realize this, but... You know, I don't get to ride horses as often as some guys that work calves all day, and they're day workers, or they live on ranches. We obviously pastor a church, so we don't get to ride a lot. So I may not, uh, like yesterday, we were supposed to work a bunch of calves and slap out. The guy called and said, hey, we're not going to be able to work them today. My other help is, you know, quit us, and so we're not going to be able to work them today. Well... So I had all the horses already loaded. I had three kids in the back seat. I had my wife in the passenger seat, and I was ready to go. So we decided we're going to come to town. We're going to grab some breakfast, right? And then we're going to go. I dropped Heather off at the gym so that she can get her workout in. And then the kids and I rode or we drove over to the Roundup Arena, and we began to ride in the Roundup Arena. And can I just tell you, I'm sore today. (laughs) I'm just telling you, I'm out of shape. I need to go to the gym rather than somewhere else, uh, rather than to Brahms. <laughs> and so I'm sore today because I rode. My kids were like, Madeline, she was on this cool horse named Blackjack. And she was like, can I run the barrels? And I'm like, yeah, I go. And then she's like, Daddy, you do it. And I'm like, holy crap, I'm going to be a girl and ride these, I'm gonna run these barrels. So anyways, I was like, all right. So I said, film it in case I fall off. So anyways, so I ride these barrels as fast as I can, and I run back, and then I'm like, dang, I'm tired. <laughs> and then I wake up this morning, and i got to take a leave. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm tired. But here's the other thing. Not only did I, you know, is it work out, you know, for me to ride on my own, but here's the other thing. Hampton was there, six years old. We only have three horses, you know, and so he wasn't able to ride. So I said, Hampton, uh, Hampton, go get on that barrel and stand up on that barrel, and I'll ride past you, and you, you get on. 6 years old. And so anyways, he got on the barrel. You guys have seen this before where you get on the barrel and you jump on. Well, he didn't really jump on, but but I grabbed him and I put him on and, and we began to ride double and I then it's more work. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I got to hold on to this kid while we're trying to ride, you know, and it's a struggle and I'm, you know, again, riding double was even harder. And here's the thing, his hat fell off. You know how that goes. And so you got to get off the horse. Well, I got, I, I was getting off the horse, and he was on the back, so I couldn't swing my leg back. I had to swing it forward. And when I did, my horse kind of spooked a little bit and just pulled to the side a little bit, and Hampton fell off. Right in the small of his back. You know what he said when he got up? I got bucked off. And I'm like, not really. But here's the thing, it's a workout. I mean, for me to keep him on and for him to hold on to me, I mean, that was a workout. So you think, well, what's the point? Well, the same is true in relationships. It's a workout. It's not always easy. You know, for us to enjoy riding together in marriage, it takes work. Can I preach that a little bit? (laughs) (laughs) It takes work. And and so here's the thing, the best team ropers in the world, the best bronc riders, they don't just find a great horse and get on and become a great roper, do they? No, they have to work at it. They have to, to have, you know, experience at it. And so they have to do it every day. But here's the thing, in marriage, guess what? You're going to have a lot to ride through, bills. <laughs> some, some people don't, don't realize that they're going to have to start paying bills when they get married. Right. I mean, you're going to have bills. You're going to have stress. You're going to have kids. And to have a great marriage, guess what? It's going to take work. And you say, what kind of work? Well, you're going to have to change. I heard a cowboy say one time uh, there was a few cowboys. They were making fun of this cowboy because he was engaged and he was going to get married. And they're like, if you have to change, it ain't worth it. That's what they told him. And I said, that is crap right there. Because here's the thing. If you love them, you will change. But that takes work. I remember I grew up with a mother who liked to wrestle. My mom, yeah. My, guess what I learned when I got married? My wife doesn't like to wrestle. She doesn't like being in a figure four. I mean, I don't know why. But, but here's the thing. So guess what? I had to change. I had to soften. Um, I had to soften the way I talk. You know, I could talk to my brothers in a certain way, but my wife doesn't like that. Right? I, I mean, I had to change the way that I lead. I mean, I'm the leader of our home, but she is my equal. She's, she's more valuable than I am. I mean, we, we lead together. So we had to change some things. We had to flex. We had to stretch. And you say, well, Bo, is all of that hard work worth it? And can I just tell you, absolutely. All day long. All day long. Amen? And here's the thing. Heather can tell you that if you work out physically, go to the gym, you run, you do all those things. If you do that, guess what? You're going you're to reap the rewards. You're going to be in better shape. You're going to be stronger physically. Well, it's the same way in life. It's the same way in marriage. If you work at your relationship, if you invest the time, if you work at things, you give and take, you forgive and you grow, guess what? You're going to be happier. You are. You're going to be happier. You're going to have more fun. You're going to you're going to have a stronger marriage and you're going to find victory over all of those circumstances of life because you're strong in the Lord and you're stronger in your relationship because you've worked at it. Proverbs fourteen twenty three says it says all hard what work brings a profit but mere talk leads only to poverty. So number one writing double is better when you have experience writing individually and in number two writing double is work. It's a workout.
1: And the last thing we want to talk about today that will help you transfer your mind and renew your minds, I mean, I think and change maybe that negative mindset that you have towards relationships or marriage, is to number three, realize that riding double is an honor and a blessing. Genesis 1, 27 through 31, it says, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God, what? Blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Everything that has life. And, this, and that is what happened. Then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was what? Very good. So, Very good. God's plan from the beginning was for our relationships to be a blessing and um, he expects us to be fruitful, to enjoy each other, to you know, live life together, to struggle together, to overcome you know, together, to challenge you know, each other. And let me tell you, like Bo said, next to my relationship with Christ, being married to him is the best blessing you know, I've ever experienced. <clears throat> and let me just add to you real quick that the reason it's a blessing is because, because God helped me to choose the right person. I mean, he made it, you know, crystal clear because Bo loves Jesus um, and God intends for us to ride double with someone who loves him and lives for him. So, again, that's the first requirement when you're dating someone, when you're in a relationship. If they don't love Jesus, it's not worth it. I don't care how good looking they are. I don't care how much money they have. I don't care how good they treat you. If Christ isn't the top of their life and their main priority, then it's not not worth it. Proverbs 18.22 says, he who finds a wife finds what is good and receives what from the Lord? Favor. He receives favor from the Lord. I believe that the Lord has shown favor on our marriage, um, you know, because we both strive to honor to honor him. And um, riding double with the right person will never lead us down a dead-end trail. Like both said, we have a 100% success rate if you're riding double with the person that God intends for you to. And I'm not saying... It's, it's always, like he just said, it's work, it's hard work, it's constant work. If you, you know, don't work at it, then when you start to work at it again, it's sore, it's hard, it's even harder. But like both said, when we do marriage God's way, again, we have 100% chance of success. And it's great. I mean, it's a blessing. I think, you know, I don't understand the mindset of people that have this negative outlook on marriage or the negative, you know, viewpoint of it, because To me, it's so fun to, you know, raise our beautiful kids together, to lead this church, to share our dreams with each other and have someone there who encourages, you know, me and those dreams. So marriage, you know, again, was intended to be a blessing. But like we said earlier, maybe you're here today and, and you have that viewpoint of, you know, maybe your parents had a horrible marriage. Maybe there was abuse when you were growing up. Maybe your parents were divorced and you just had that bad taste in your mouth. Um, or maybe you're in a marriage right now that's struggling and you, have, you feel like there's just no hope. But let me tell you, you know, I'm sorry, but there is, there is hope, and there is hope in Christ. He can restore any situation. You know, Bo and I personally have seen people that have... Um, overcome you know adultery in their marriage you know they thought it was going to end, but they gave God the reins and that and they began to ride double and um, even harder in their in their relationship we've seen him you know bless people with great marriages who you know who have experienced divorce and now they're you know in a relationship that honors God and so I just want you to realize that God is big enough to overcome any struggle that you might be you know facing today and so Again, maybe that's you and you're here today and you're struggling in a relationship. Maybe you have, you know, a bad taste in your mouth um, from some cruddy experiences. And so just ask yourself this, you know, do you need to stop conforming to the patterns of the world? Maybe you're living life the way the world shows you that you should live life. Maybe, you're, you know, you have those thoughts that need to be renewed um, through Christ um, and so we encourage you to again stop doing relationships the way that the world you know tells you to, but to transform. Allow God to transform you. Allow Him to renew your mind, um, and and He can do it through His power. So if you would just bow your heads with us, and we're going to wrap this up.
0: Yeah, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, we're going to close out today and. What we do, you know, you say, why do we have you close your eyes and bow your heads? Well, again, it's just an opportunity for you to focus in on you and what the Lord's saying to you, focusing on God as well. And so I just, I'm curious, how many people, uh, how many people are here today and you have been conforming to the patterns of the world rather than God. Would you just raise your hand if you've been conforming to the patterns of the world? Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Yeah, all across the barn. Anybody else? Thank you. Yeah. Some of you or all of you that have raised your hands just now, you need to make a commitment today. You say, what kind of commitment do I need to make? Well, you need to make a commitment to allow God to transform your mind. And you know what that starts with? It starts with a, a commitment to asking God to forgive you. All of us have to do this. But we have to be right with God. If he's going to show us things, if he's going to reveal his perfect will to us, then we have to ask for forgiveness so that we can be made right. And you say, well, I don't know how to ask for forgiveness. I don't even know if he'll forgive me. Can I just tell you he wants to? But you have to ask. And so some of you, maybe just need to pray some prayer like this. Maybe you just need to pray this in your heart. Jesus, please forgive me. Forgive me for the relationships that I've tried to do on my own. Forgive me for where I've sinned against you. I'm making a commitment today. To allow you, and I'm asking you, to transform my mind. Heal my heart. Renew me. From this point forward, I want to honor you in all of my relationships. Thank you for the opportunity to ride double with you and if you see fit for me to ride double with someone on this earth or you want to renew the marriage that I'm already in I'm asking you to do that listen I hope with your head bowed and your eyes closed I hope that all of you that just raised your hand would make that commitment just made that commitment because that's what it's going to take. It's going to take a commitment to be renewed by Christ. And you say, well, how do I, how do I take that a next step? Well, again, you allow God to renew your mind daily as you read his word. He's going to be able to heal your past, heal whatever you're dealing with. Maybe it's a struggle in your marriage. He's going to reveal those struggles and then he's going to reveal the answer. But if you're not reading the word, if you're not praying and if you're not in church and you're not, you know, asking right questions from godly people. Listen, you're not going to find those answers so that you can be even more transformed. And so I hope that you'll make a commitment to spend time in God's word daily so that you can be renewed daily. So that he can prepare you for that future relationship or he can heal the relationship that you're in right now. And he can bless it. And so maybe you need to make that commitment. I hope that you did. Some of you are here today and you have a good marriage. You have a good marriage. But for some reason, just like all of us, you've grown lazy. You've taken things for granted. Maybe today you need to make a commitment to say, Jesus, I am committing today to begin to work at our relationship. I'm going to do whatever it takes to not just have a good marriage, but I want to have a great marriage. And so change me. Start with me. Change me. Change the way I'm acting. Change the way I'm talking. Change the way that I'm responding. Change all of those things that are keeping us from glorifying you in our marriage. Listen, maybe you just made that commitment as well. Here's the truth. You will never find victory in your marriage until you've found victory in Christ. He's your only hope. And so maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus. We, we want to share with you that Jesus came and he died and he rose again so that you could have a personal relationship with him, so that you could ride double with him. And so maybe you need to make that commitment to to give him your heart for the first time in your life. You say, "But how do I do that? Well, it means that you surrender your life to him. And you say, Lord, I want you to take over my life. I'm giving you my life today for the very first time. Again, I hope that you'll make that commitment today. You say, how do I do that? Well, you just pray that simple prayer that a lot of us have prayed. Maybe it's something like this. Maybe you just want to pray this in your heart right where you sit. Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Jesus, I know that you did die for my sins. And I need you to come into my life and save me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for being my Lord. Now guide me for the rest of my life. Listen, maybe you just prayed that prayer for the very first time. We want to celebrate that with you because that's the best decision that you'll ever make in your life. And so in a second, Jill and Wes are going to come. They're going to be able to share with you what the next step is in your relationship with Christ. Lord, I come to you right now and I thank you for the opportunity to share awesome truths about relationships, about marriages, about dating, about sex, about all the things that you've created for us to succeed in. And so I thank you for that. And Lord, I pray that you would renew the minds of those that need to be renewed, that you would help us to work at our relationships so that we can glorify you. And Lord, I pray that you would show us that our relationships are to be honored and they are a blessing if we do them your way. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you guys again for listening today. If you've made a commitment today or if you have any needs, feel free to contact us at info at thousandhillsranch.church or you can text or call 580-216-6427. And may God bless the ride you're on.